Hello, and welcome to How About We Do This Together, a podcast ministry of the Northwest Christian Network. I'm Chad Decay, and my co-host is my wife, Becca, and other incredible leaders of the restoration movement of churches. This is a podcast where we cast the net and see what truth we can bring in. Say, how about we do this together? Do the demands and busyness of life make it hard to connect with God? Hi, I'm Julie White, and through one-on-one meetings and small group events, I invite others to slow down and experience God through Scripture and their senses. I offer a safe place to notice His work within you and to nurture your spiritual life. If you're intrigued, please go to my website, theunfoldingsoul.org. There are tools, fee-based and free, to encourage you. That's theunfoldingsoul.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How About We Do This Together, a podcast of the Northwest Christian Network. We are recording season two, which is tied to the 170th uh, Northwest Christian Convention. We are here in the back room of the tabernacle. This I love recording in this space. Um, my name is Matt Holmes. I am the Senior Minister of Trinity Christian Church, and my co-host is... Becca Decay, and I am a co-president with my husband of the 170th Northwest Christian Convention. Yeah. Here with us today, we have... Steve. And Patty Buss. And we are with the One Hope Network in the Central Lane County area. Why don't you tell us a little bit about One Hope and what that is? Well, One Hope serves, if you will, as a platform, a place that brings together pastors and ministry leaders to focus on Jesus and live out the gospel together in our shared community. That's the short answer. Yeah. Which, uh, if, so you are our evening speakers for the first two nights, and last night you talked about some of the things that have been happening there, which were just incredible stories. I encourage anyone listening to definitely, uh, if you weren't here, watch that video and hear some of the awesome stories that they've been telling us about what happened with One Hope. Um, could you tell us how it started, where it came from? Sure, sure. And I think the best way um, to talk about this, definitely there are seasons. Before I even got involved, there was a ministerial alliance, if you will, uh, that exists in many towns. And um, at the time, right before I started getting involved, that Ministerial Alliance met once a month at the Sizzler for lunch. And so they'd have a little bit of a talk, and they'd eat from the Sizzler, and they'd have some fellowship. Um, as I started getting involved, um, the, the, there were two pastors who I was praying with on a weekly basis. Every Wednesday, we would meet and we would pray. And those two pastors ended up being asked to facilitate the Ministerial Association. And so they changed the meeting from a once a month sizzler lunch to a once a month prayer time. And that's when things started to change. And so that really was the beginning. So there were many pastors that were connecting in relationship, that were cultivating those um, kingdom uh, united vision elements, if you were. And as that, um, as that started to move forward, those pastors, um, we would meet once a month to pray. 
But what happened then is I continued to facilitate that group that I originally was with with those two pastors. They went on to lead the ministerial association, and then I was cultivating with them and with others something called a community prayer network. And that was simply bringing people together to pray from the different churches in the community. So we had to discover who they were. So a lot of phone calls to churches, hey, who leads your church? Who who, who leads your prayer group? Um, Do you have someone like that? And so I was connecting with them. And then there was a core group of us that became the community prayer network. So we would pray on Wednesdays. We'd have every other month prayer gatherings. We'd send out prayer requests for the community. So we were starting to pray. We were starting to develop this network of people who were praying in the Eugene Springfield area. Meanwhile, the pastors were meeting once a month to pray. Uh, I was among them. And so that was really season one. And season went on for the season one went on for a while. Another component that was happening during season one was something called the Pastors Prayer Summit, which took place and still does today at Cannon Beach Conference Center on the coast. And that Pastors Prayer Summit is a three-day event where pastors get away to worship and pray together. It's facilitated by a leader, but it's not a conference. It's not teaching like you would go to a normal conference. It's literally prayer and worship, meditation on scripture, prayer for one another, rest time, recreation time. And so those pastor prayer summits were happening uh, on an annual basis. Monthly gatherings of pastors were happening, and this community prayer network was developing. So that's the end of season one. So I thought I'd break it up a little bit for a little more give and take instead of me doing a 20-minute monologue. So (laughs) that's kind of season one. Great. Well, it sounds to me like things are sizzling. Because it all began at sister. You know, that's quite um, observant and prophetic of you to notice that. <laughs> Actually, what I was going to say before I decided to be cheesy is that um, prayer is the obvious catalyst of unity. Mm. Patty, will you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think even as that ministerial gathering switched to a prayer gathering, that really was a pivotal time. And then I'll skip ahead a little bit. One of the very first kind of large, let's all do something together as churches was we all engaged in the global day of prayer. Mm. And that was held at M stadium in Eugene before it burned down. And that was also again, a very pivotal moment because we filled that stadium with believers from many, many, many churches. We had days of prayer leading up to it. We had prayer hikes on the mountain peaks uh, the day of. And so, yeah, prayer has always been the, I would say, the fuel, the fuel in the movement, right? Because people don't create movements. It's God's movement. Mm -hmm. And prayer taps us in to how he's moving and what he wants to do. And so that's always been... um, would you say, I think, Steve, I think that's really been and will remain the consistent thing of our unity movement. Um, I guess I would say, too, of course, that then spawned to lots of different serving initiatives and ways to engage the community. And those can come and go and change over time. But prayer will always be, um, I think, what cements the living stones together in right. the house of the Lord. I have a question for you. Seems an appropriate place to ask one. Um, 
So I'm part of a of a, an event that we do here with a network called the Unity Project, and one of the things that we find we struggle with is getting people to understand what we mean by unity, because what they usually mean. I just recently learned to use this different terminology. I think what they usually think we mean is union, like we're trying to unite congregations and um, denominations into superstructures. And we were talking about authority and, and that kind of stuff. And that gets people uneasy, which I perfectly understand, but that's not what we're trying to do. And based on your, what you were saying yesterday, I know you are, you have a, you mean something different by unity than that knee jerk fear that people have. So could you tell us, what do you mean when you talk about Christian unity? Matt, that's a really good question and a really good distinction and really important to address. And so um, some of what I shared last night um, is this. We recognize that there are different God-birthed denominations. Most denominations started as the result of a move of God. Mm-hmm. And so there are healthy traditions there's theological training, there's character and ministry development and accountability in those, I'm going to say, blessed denominational structures. So in a community, the way I like to think about it is within those many blessed denominational structures, there are Jesus followers and who makes up the church in the community are the Jesus followers, okay? So that's the way I like to give language to it. So that, that kind of sets the basis. But then we are not trying to do away with individual denominational um, systems or structures. We are creating space for the Jesus followers to come together and function in unity, that it's always a plurality of leadership that are praying together because we're perpetually praying with leaders. And then as we make decisions, we're submitting things and praying with many smaller groups of leaders and larger groups of leaders. And so there's no surprises. And so we collaborate together that we, together we create the together space. And we are not looking to be an overarching authority structure to influence individual local church governance and denominational governance. We're looking to discover the Jesus followers in a community and create a platform, if you will, a framework, if you will, where leaders can consistently pray and then from that place of relationship and prayer, collaboratively move the gospel ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helps describe it. Yeah, I I found what you were saying so refreshing because one of the things that in, in our uh, tradition, we have a, a, an early document that makes a statement. It's actually a lot more wordy because it's from the 1800s, but basically that the church is one. And it's not that we need to make the church one. The church is one. We don't have the power to divide it, right? God has made one church. And so we don't have to so much create unity as we need to live out unity, like recognize yeah, unity. Right. Um, and so what you were talking about, I just appreciated the way you were, you know, you talked about there, there's a church in Rome, right? And it meets in many different places. But um, I just find that that approach to unity really refreshing and really hopeful because if we think, oh, we got to get rid of all the denominations, we got to merge all these structures before we can be one, that's discouraging. That probably will not happen this side of glory. 
but right. we already are one. We can just act like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think it's like, you know, just like in a local congregation, we often, or a pastor will teach, there's many parts of the body. So this is more like, in a bigger sense, there's mm-hmm. many parts of the body. There's this family, there's this tribe, this distinctive, that is a very vital part of the overarching body that's in a city or in a region. Mm-hmm. And you really do find that some of those churches function in a unique way that adds mm-hmm. to the whole. It's beautiful. And when we recognize that, when we discern the body, um, it's like everybody wins. Everybody mm. grows up in Christ into maturity, you know, as we're, those living stones are kind of rubbing shoulders together and receiving from one another's grace. One of the things you said last night, Patty, that really hit home um, for a lot of people, because I, I wrote it down in my notes with a big star, but a lot of people have talked to me about it since then, mm-hmm. is that the kingdom of God... F- f- the kingdom of God only moves forward as fast as the speed of trust. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we recognize that as, as, um, as a a movement that's been here for 170 years, um, but still has some hangups. So we are still having the conversation with our brothers and sisters, with our, with our restoration movement churches about what it looks like to come to the table together. So, Talk to me a little bit about how you've built trust in your mm-hmm. community with these different denominations. Well, there's probably a few ways that it is, that has happened. Um, one would I would say for sure in the place of prayer, like at our prayer summit. And when I talk about the prayer summit, what I would say about that is we get leaders in the room and everybody's on equal footing. And uh, Jesus is really the guide of that time. And we're actually really looking to follow him in our time together. And so within that prayer summit, there'll be times where leaders will end up breaking up into a group of two or three. And they'll take time um, listening really well to one another and praying for each other. And because we're there for two to three days, um, the vulnerability level gets pretty deep and the trust level um, deepens where leaders have a space to be real and authentic and vulnerable with another leader who's walking in the same assignment in the same city as them with same potential family issues or marriage or congregation issues. When they can come together from different churches and share, bear one, do all those one another scriptures. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where that trust level and love starts to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think serving alongside one another, we've had to trust one another, you know, hey, we're going to work in the schools um, together. Now, we have different ways of approaching that maybe. So we have to come around how we're going to do that. We're not just here to win everybody into our church. We're actually here to serve the way Jesus does. And so we, you know, we have to work on some of that Mm -hmm. together culture. Mm -hmm. What, What do you think? Steve. Well, yeah, I mean, building on the prayer at the prayer summit, but not only prayer summit, we have a monthly rhythm of gathering pastors monthly. And so if if you're praying one-on-one with another leader, another leader, and so because there was a a deeper vulnerability maybe that happened at the prayer summit, there's a core group of pastors that have been going there for years. Mm -hmm. And so they're ready to go deep. And so they might come to a normal monthly pastor gathering and they're going vulnerable with someone who's new to town. Well, you know, that's very, I'm going to say it like this, that's very kingdom attractive, yeah. right? That someone's mm-hmm. actually getting real 
and being vulnerable with you. And so, oh, this is how this works. So, so those new leaders that come into the mix get sucked into the kingdom vortex, mm-hmm. if you will. And all of a sudden, they're sharing vulnerably too. So, there's a, so then there's a confidence kept. Then there's a bond that happens. And so when that just gets repeated over and over again, it creates that, all right, I trusted you with something very vulnerable. Or I opened up to you and I hardly know you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trusting you. So like people go first, right? So in that, I think that's really, really key. So I, I know we're really building that up. So I didn't want and to change can't. to serving too quick. Yeah. And you can't make that happen, but we create space for that to happen. <coughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. just, you create the space and, and the Lord does that, that work. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. And then as Patty referred to, th- then going from there, when we start to serve collaboratively, okay, when, when churches send their people, when churches send their money, when churches pray for a season for something we're going to do outwardly mm-hmm. in serving, and then it happens, okay? So then there's a... There, there's there's trust that goes in there there's there's a deposit into the account of trust mm-hmm. because we all showed up we pulled our weight we all gave financially we all gave through prayer we all gave through sending our people to go serve the schools or to go serve foster care whatever we're doing and then we step back and say wait a minute there are leaders so in this one effort that we do to encourage school partnership called project hope one of the things we do during Project Hope is a school work day where a church partners with a school and they do their best to finish the wish list of a school to get the grounds ready a week before school starts. Mm. So when we all do that together and take a step back and realize that from every school district in our county, we had crying staff and principals. Mm. And at a district level, at district levels, plural, because right. together we went out and served, it built trust. Mm-hmm. People showed up, they served. The simplest way to love somebody is to serve them, and we all could do yeah. that. So that built trust. I so. would, if I can add, because I've been a part of Project Hope, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would say, too, it's the consistency of showing up, right? So yes. you've done Project Hope, I don't know how many years now. 12. 12. 12 years now. Yep. And and not only are the schools beginning to trust that this isn't just a one-time passing deal, a, a generous one-time offer. This is a consistent effort of the church in the community. And not only that, the families in the community are beginning to trust that they can trust the church. They're showing up consistently. It's good, And Becca. together. Yeah, consistency for sure. You know, this is this is in the Eugene Peterson words. It is a long obedience in the same direction. Mm, yes, I mean that's just relational work. Mm-hmm. It is, and you 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 just keep giving yourself to it. But the dividends are so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So over the past two years, it has been difficult to keep a congregation together. And you all have been sharing victories of not only keeping together a network of 50 plus churches, but of being productive in that, uh, that unity, that connection. Um, how 
Could you just describe for us how different it is to go through something like the last two years with that reservoir of trust in the bank, right? Like, because I imagine that that had to be a major reason why you guys were able to be active and not just damage control during a time as divisive as the last two years. So what difference did that make to have that, that trust there? I think it was really huge because just as we were talking, because there are so many personal relationships, literally, there was already trust. And in the two years, um, pastors were able to relate with pastors even on a deeper level because every pastor, every pastor was facing very, they were facing the same battles Mm -hmm. and similar battles, Mm -hmm. right? And so... Um, they were like they, they even became, they even got closer. They they needed a place where they were understood, mm-hmm. right? Because where they stand, where they stood on the issues, no matter where they stood, they were in the crosshairs of their congregations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter where they stood, and so they were experiencing that pain and that those trials, and so they were able to do it together. So anyway, that was a starting place. Um, that those relationships really carried the day. And so what we had built in the past, cultivating those, really carried the day. But then the need, and Patty spoke to this, and I'll let you speak to it again right now, you know, the the value and the need for collaborative work in order to serve the community uh, was accentuated. And I, yeah, I think that it actually gave um, a respite to some degree. In the midst of managing polarity in your church, here's something we can outwardly look at and and engage with God's heart, you know, and we and we can just kind of not not just avoid all the controversy, but it was a place to put positive kingdom energy. And I would say that the churches that actually kind of looked outside and at the city and engaged with it, I think experienced more life than Mm -hmm. just, you know, let's get everybody back in the building. It's interesting, Mm -hmm. right? It's, um, I don't know if that actually answered your question fully, Matt. It was good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, because we had those relationships, we could respond. We weren't just all going, oh, what could we do? What could we do? It, It really was, to me, it was like, wow, like this backdrop of the last two years showed me how strong God's design is. When the church functions in unity, it can move. It can Mm -hmm. move. And it does move through relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I'm just thinking my brain is going on all these different ways that trust is so essential. I could just, so many things that you guys have said today and yesterday, I was like, you got to slow down because I got to spend five minutes thinking about that last sentence before I can catch up. <laughs> I was just thinking of the, like, like when you were talking about how all these movements are spirit led that have happened, that have led to these denominations. And I also think that when you look, I've, I've been interested to notice when you look at the history where those do not, where those movements turn into splits usually is because of a breakdown in trust. It's because God yeah. is doing this new thing, and then and and for a while there they coexist, and then there's a breakdown in trust, usually in relationships, and and that's when it becomes a split. 
Yeah. And like in, in our movement, if you look at the times that we split into different branches, even being a, a unity movement, it's been because there were breakdowns in trust between different different groups. Mm-hmm. And in, in every it's, it seems like that's that seems to be so key. It's not the problem isn't that we disagree. The problem is that we distrust. Yeah, that's good. It's good. That's really good because I, we don't want to paint um, a, a utopian picture that it doesn't take work and mm-hmm. that there aren't things that conversations that are difficult and conversations mm-hmm. that can be hard and conversations with pastors that are like, well, here's kind of why I don't join or, mm-hmm. I mean, that's real. That's, mm-hmm. that's just real. Mm-hmm. And so we just, you know, you, you got to expect that you have to expect, and there have been, there have been things like that too, but there's also been some really great victories of, um, conflict resolution, mm-hmm. you know, because we are, we're living in this space now. And so when difficult things happen, well, we already are walking in this way. So now let's talk about it, you mm-hmm. know, let's, let's navigate it together. Yeah, absolutely. Any other questions, Matt? I, I could ask a million. <laughs> um, yeah, feel free. Um, what do you think makes, I mean, you, you tell such inspiring stories and you guys have such, there are such great things happening, Eugene. Uh, but what makes it, what do you think makes unity so, other than obviously we've been talking about trust, what makes unity so hard? Like, why doesn't this just automatically happen everywhere there are churches? You know, when Jesus says, be one, and, and the apostles in all, like almost every letter command us to love each other and be together, yeah. what makes it so hard for us to actually do that? I think there's there's probably a number of things, right? Like human 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 nature, right? And uh, I would offer the thought of those who step into ministry and have a kingdom mindset, like we're building the kingdom or we're building kind of our brand of the kingdom. <laughs> that could be. Mm-hmm. Steve and I recently taught a class. Um, I, I also think maybe it just isn't talked about or taught enough to the next generation. Steve and I taught a class just recently. So grateful Bushnell let us do a class on kind of this within their Bible, biblical studies. And so we started presenting this paradigm of a united church in a city. And, um, you know, it was just so fun to get the feedback of a couple at the very beginning. Yeah, this isn't going to, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, like you're mm-hmm. not going to have this denomination and that one in the same room together. And it's like, you're living in a city where it is, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think there's just, I don't know, lack of exposure, lack of story, lack of (laughs) model, but there are, they aren't hidden now. There are many cities. I I think over the years there have been uh, valiant attempts, valiant attempts at bringing together churches and communities Um, in the last 15 years. I mentioned this last night, but with greater frequency and fruitfulness, literally all around the world, more of it is happening. And I think that there hasn't been, I'm going to use the word paradigms or platform or framework. There haven't been like the right kind of framework hasn't emerged. And now it's emerging. There's, there are certain principles. There are certain framework philosophies, if you will. Uh, you can't like look them up on the internet and call them by name, but it's just happening. And one of the, one of those are is there's usually some kind of there's different terminology for this, but there's a neutral convener. 
all right? There's, um, there's a third party, if you will, that creates space for this to happen. And this is where um, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later tonight. So our ministry, the One Hope Network, is not the gospel movement. The gospel movement is the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right? One Hope helps, creates a framework for the church to function in unity. We're not the gospel movement. We create a framework to help the church function together. And we equals the church is working together. So it's not our board and our staff coming up with things for the body of Christ to do. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. It's our relationships, our past, pastors and leaders meeting monthly. It's as we pray and we see God stirring something to do, then we talk about it and we pray about it and we keep it before the Lord and we keep talking to others. Oh, it seems like maybe the Lord wants us to do this. And so there's no, it's collaborative from the beginning and it's collaborative all the way through. If you can imagine, like, remember, Paul sends Timothy and I think Titus too. He sends Titus for sure to go appoint elders in towns. Okay, well, he's appointing elders where? In towns, right? And again, there's a church in a town. There's a church in a city. And so could you imagine just pulling a group of leaders together to discern what is God saying to us as a group to reach our community? What is God saying as we dwell in unity on how he wants us to reach the people we're all called to reach? And again, the proximity element, right? The proximity and even biblically, the local church are the Jesus followers in that region, that mm-hmm. is one way to define the local church. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can get a core group of, of that local church together and leaders together, discerning together, pursuing God together, like literally praying, literally waiting, taking their time, pursuing, sensing God's direction on how he wants us together to reach the community, that is what provides that space for fruitfulness. I think. Mm-hmm. And so it's those kind it's those kinds of spaces that literally from from Dubai to South Africa to Santa Rosa, California to Charlotte, North Carolina to Eugene, Oregon, there's just it's just happening more and more. Mm-hmm. Now Steve, um, One Hope Network is Lane County based correct? Central Lane County. Central Lane County based. So for those listening who aren't in Lane County, um, how do they connect with the unity movement? How do they become a part of this framework of the church working together? I think the the best thing that um, anyone can do, uh, and Patty, you can speak to this because, I, again, I want to hand the mic over to you so that you can be sharing, but we've talked about this many times. A, pray the prayers of of scripture, starting with John 17, praying for that unity, and then just keep your eyes open on how God would have you be a part. What connective catalytic role could you play? God wants people to connect in some way. So how, how would God grace you in the relationships that you have, in the prayers that you pray, how would he grace you to help that forward? That's just a simple starting place because God's already doing it. He literally is doing it all over the world. And so there are going to be people, I believe, I believe in every community, there are already people who sense the Holy Spirit moving and are 
ready to do something. But that's where you start. But, and, it has to involve leaders. Okay? So if you're not a pastor, if you're not a leader, it doesn't matter. Pray. Find those connective relationships. Do what's in front of you to do to help connect. And pray for the leadership of the churches. Because at some point in time, it's, it's that those authority structures need to, to be brought to the table. Because ultimately, I shouldn't say ultimately, because God can do anything through anyone, <laughs> right? God's going to use David in a mighty way. He doesn't need Saul's armor, right? Okay, but, but we want to work under authority, right? And we definitely want the pastors and leaders to be a part. So praying for that to happen and for those core pastors to come together. Support them. Find where the pastors are coming together and Mm -hmm. fast and pray for them. Bake them cookies. Send them encouraging notes. Let them know you're on on their team. Awesome. Awesome. So if you're listening and you want to learn more about One Hope Network, I encourage you to go to onehopenetwork.org. And there you can see the ministries and the stories of what's happening in Central Lane County. And uh, we will put that in the show notes. So hopefully you'll be able to just click on a link and see all the great work that they are doing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving us more of your time so that we could have these conversations and hear about the awesome work that you guys are involved in. And uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. And uh, we hope that you'll be able to listen to the episode that comes out next week. So until then, how about we do this together? This episode was produced by the Northwest Christian Network. Theme song is Simply Beautiful by Scott Riggin. The Northwest Christian Network is a network of Christians and churches gathering together to serve the kingdom and cast their net across the Northwest. Find out more about our ministries and events at www.nwchristiannetwork.com. I'm Matt Holmes. Thanks for listening.